My instructions were implicit. I was to leave for Jamaica in two hours. License to kill. Now you maybe miss it. You don't miss a thing. I decided to accept your invitation. I have to leave immediately. Just as things were getting interesting again. <laughs> Dear listeners, and welcome back to the James Bond Complex, uh, the podcast where we take a look with a finely toothed comb at James Bond uh, in all its shapes or forms, from Fleming uh, to the films and everything in between. Mm. Uh, my name is Edgar. My name is Matt. And we have a delightful little episode this afternoon. Yes. We need to talk about the film adaptation of Dr. No. Which is very interesting because Dr. No is far from being the first book, but Dr. No is, in fact, the first film. They actually selected this one, for reasons I'm sure we'll get into, as the first film adaptation. you got to come out with a bang. The question is, do they come out with a bang? Speaking of which, speaking of banging... Uh, I forgot... Um, what happens in the movie? Forgotten everything that happens everything. in the movie. I'm completely puzzled. Thankfully, I prepared a little synopsis. Oh, very good. Those are usually very funny. Oh, I hope. Well, I'm not, try- I'm not trying to just be funny. I do want to t- tell people what the movie's about. But After a rip-roaring, kaleidoscopic title sequence, we are immediately transported to beautiful, sweltering Jamaica, where British Secret Service MI6 contact Commander Strangways leaves his bridge game at the Queen's Club for an important errand. Before he can get to his car, the agent is shockingly murdered by three blind mice posing as beggars. Cut to London, where secret agent 007 James Bond is requested at HQ by his superior, M. Strangways may have been working on an interesting case, and the mystery surrounding what London considers his disappearance prompts M to send Bond to Jamaica in order to investigate. This trip is no fun under the sun, however, as Bond's movements are tracked by an entire host of scheming individuals who are working for the same unknown employer. Luckily, allies prove useful, most notably Cayman Islander Quarrel and CIA agent Felix Leiter. All clues point to a small island off the coast of Jamaica called Crab Key, owned by one Dr. No. Bond wishes to investigate the premise, but Quarrel is reluctant due to the presence of a uh, dragon. Bond and Quarrel eventually and clandestinely make it to Crab Key, where they make the acquaintance of this sweet honey rider, a vagabond seashell collector. It isn't long before the trio are attacked by, oh my god, a fire-breathing dragon! Sadly, Quarrel, what with all that rum in him, is toast. Bond and Honey are brought to Dr. No's fantastic underground lair, where they meet the man himself. The villain, working at the behest of an unknown organization called Spectre, is in fact using a nuclear power source to topple nearby American space rockets during test flights. In a final confrontation, as the nuclear plant is being, is, begins to explode... 007 gives Dr. No the hard-boiled treatment. After that, floating in a small rowboat in the Caribbean, Bond and Honey at last get to make Bululoop as credits roll. Very well. Uh, (laughs) You don't disappoint. I try, I try. 
So that is the story, the adventure, the romance and exoticism of Dr. No, which we both watched this week. I actually, we're recording this on a Saturday afternoon. I started this movie at about midnight last night. <laughs> my, my Friday night was a little busy, but I had to rewatch the movie. You don't come in when not ready. Uh, I this is I think I mentioned this before we hit record earlier today. I'm a fan of Doctor No. I like the movie. Don't get me wrong, but for whatever reason, this is not one I revisit very often. From Usher with Love is an annual thing with me. Goldfinger, Thunderball. I've always I can't wait to do Thunderball in a few weeks. Doctor No. I don't go back to it very often. Is this one you watch? Uh, Actually, this is of the country ones. This is probably the one I I, I watch the most often. This is. My comfort food awesome. when it comes to Connery Bond, this awesome. is uh, the purest, most, it's not the most like refined, but if you want to have the flavor of 60s Connery Bond without any of, uh, and Fleming also, like this is in some, to some degree, the purest form of Fleming, because mm. it's also the one that's been made closest to the era that the book take place in. That's true. I mean, there's... So it's from Usher with Love, in fairness, which is the yes. very next movie that comes out. Yes. Uh, you could say... I, I wouldn't disagree, but this one has the naivete uh, uh, that comes with... Uh, they don't know what they have. They don't know, the, but they get so much right yeah. right at the gate. Like, like the gun barrel. The gun barrel it's is crazy. There. Can you imagine? You're in the theater in 1962, and this thing shows up? It's crazy. Insane, <laughs> and we also get the by de facto the very first title sequence. There's, there's no pre credit sequence in Doctor No, no pre title sequence, but we get a title sequence. And again, you were saying they don't really know what they have, so it doesn't really look like what we're going to get for the most of the other movies. But it's a pretty nifty it's little title, still sequence. striking. Oh, very much so. Rough, it's dynamic, like the animation follows the music, they want to show right out the gate. We have color. We are in color. We're not a black and white. This is like the color. It's exciting. It moves fast. It's loud. They remix the Bond theme a little bit there. It's not quite what it is. There's a part in the title sequence where the proper end of the track arrives, and then it goes back to the beginning a little bit. Although this title sequence is also unique in the sense that uh, we get three tracks. Yes. <laughs> uh, we get the Bond theme, then we get this nifty little Calypso uh, dance club music. And we actually kind of do get a silhouette, silhouetted woman. Then we get to the best track uh, of the trio. Which, trio? Uh, oh. Yeah, I know. Three blind mice. Three there they go. blind mice. They want the pussy that life. Hey. <laughs> Three blind mice. There they go. So we do see three blind mice, not really blind, they're merely posturing as blind men. And much like in the book, they have pretty damn good aim if they're blind. Yeah, that's what I... Uh, they're the, driving a car later on, yeah. so... Look, there's a scene in the film where at night, as Bond is going back to his hotel, oh, yes. they're across the parking lot trying to shoot him. These guys are not blind. Of course. You know, we see Commander Strangways, who leaves his bridge game to communicate with, uh, with London... Unfortunately, he's killed, and they great. I love this introduction scene where they arrive at his home. They kill. We we don't know what her name is. Let's just call her True Blood for the sake of simplicity. But what I what I like about this scene is how it ends, where we have this crescendo score, and they're filtering 
they're sifting through the files, trying away his files, and they take out the Doctor No file. Oh. So this very dramatic music to end the scene, and we got our first hint. I mean, of course, the fact that apart from the fact that the huge words Doctor No is in the title sequence. Let's pretend that didn't happen. <laughs> we see this file with Dr. No. So that's kind of a neat, uh, ooh, who's Dr. No? Do who's Dr. No? I don't know who Dr. No is. I like how that starts. And we Great. get to London. One of the most iconic scenes in the franchise's history, arguably in movie history too, because we're going to meet James Bond for the very first time. Yes. <laughs> At uh, Le Cercle Les Ambassadeurs. Le Cercle. Actually, it's... Uh, it's I think it's based on the real place. It's a set what we see in the movie. It's still open. So I think it's just Le Cercle is about a, a name. It might not be the same place. I like I, I, bro, I, I put a link on my page thinking you know I need to. You put can a hit picture. the piece of paper yeah. and like Minority Report style. It'll just <laughs> it's it's not working. But it's it basically is still alive if you go on the the page i think they they're proud of their uh, link to the james bond franchise and uh this is, is is there anything be it bar restaurant hotel car brand cigarette brand alcohol brand clothing tailor shoes toothbrush a toothpick brand that appeared in the james bond movie that is not proud of that heritage <laughs> probably not I'm trying to guess. Probably not. No. <laughs> so we see a uh, chemin de fer match between uh, the, the very beautiful Eunice uh, Grayson? Gayson? Eunice Grayson. You know, I, she, I, she has a web page. Um, really? Yeah, she does. She, uh, she, you can actually buy a picture of her uh, signed. I might have... Uh, is it a picture? Is it a current date or 60s? No, it's, it's 1960s. Not interested. Oh, you want current date? <laughs> No, but she's great. She's still alive. Uh, the one picture, which uh, there, there are a few of her during the making of the movie. She has other stuff there. But the one I really, really want has been sold out for years. If she ever like sons, signs another batch, I have to jump on them. It's the picture of her golfing in uh, Sean Connery's. Oh. That, that, that's like the per that's the one you want to have frame on your that's wall. hot too that's hot that's a great shot it's a still image not the 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 picture the frame from the picture it's a still like the production still you have uh connery in the back and just it's, it's just the sexist picture of her well when we, they we gotta talk about that we gotta talk about that 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 chemin de fer scene yes of course <laughs> it starts with close-ups i think everyone knows that it starts with close-up of connery playing but the thing that amused me and i realized that this time he stole he stole her line she she's the she one that is a trench well i you can deliver the line big boy big papa i i do kind of want to play sylvia trench because unfortunately it's not a video cast but i love the fact you know she's I don't know what she's writing something or, or shuffling her cards. No, and she's trench, writing a note. So writing a note, trench, Sylvia Trench, uh, and her eye. It's, she's almost like the female Roger Moore, Mister Bond, James Bond. It's such an awesome moment. Such an awesome introduction. It looks up to you to get me. Neuf à la banque. I need another thousand. I admire your courage, Miss uh... Trench. Sylvia Trench. I admire your luck, Mr. Bond. James Bond. He looks great. I mean, we, we just reviewed From Usher With Love recently. He looks fantastic in that one. But, man, he looks like he looks like a man's man. 
Oh, that's the vibe I got. And there are several scenes later on the movie. We'll get to them, especially when they arrive at Crab Key and they're sort of washing themselves. There's a lot of shirtless Connery in this one. Mm -hmm. uh, he was a fit guy. Oh, this guy was uh, very, very healthy. He stopped being a bodybuilder a couple of years earlier, so he's still like, he still has a decent muscle mass. And oh yeah, doesn't have the flab he'll get in the later movies. Uh, but one of which we might have already reviewed. Yes, we might. We had have. a lot of fun on that one, but we, But I'm glad we are where we are because yes. uh, that's that's like the prime uh, bond. It's the purest. It's untainted by years of franchise fan expectation there's no expectations it's just the franchise movie. fatigue almost we're gonna take you on a ride and you're gonna be entertained yeah and it's I, honestly i feel like this movie still works N maybe not in the same way i would have if i had seen the movie for the first time in 1962 as somebody who's seen the, the movie for the first time in in, 19, in the 1990s i was entertained uh i was i know it's simple stuff like the dragon i'm like oh Oh, that, that's a dragon. I didn't know. There's like, no such thing as dragons. But I knew it, but I'm like, oh, that's the dragon. And I was still, it's still entertaining because it's, I don't know, it's captivating. The design, the look of the film. I mean, when you you see Bond's apartment, something that, the, I mean, I think you see Bond's um, home three times in the franchise. You see it. Excuse me, Bond's flat. <laughs> flat. Um, you see it in Dr. No, Live and Let Die, and... Uh, I'm guessing is new home in uh, Spectre. 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 <laughs> um, these are the three times you see it, and I love the look. I love that like he has a little chair in front of his TV. It's kind of like in the corner. It it shows that you know it, he's not really a couch couch potato. It's gonna, <laughs> it's gonna watch TV. It almost looks like uh, somebody the way that somebody would put his. Uh, a radio set it's in the corner it's just like oh, i'm just gonna watch five seconds almost feels uh, decorative exactly an actual uh, functionality usefulness it's yeah. decorative i love the moment uh, sticking with the apartment scene from <laughs> you know i have to leave immediately and she gives him a kiss you know how soon almost immediately <laughs> <laughs> but there is a reason why he has to leave immediately because we got an m scene uh, our first m scene uh, with a spry Bernard Lee, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, look, he looks, you know, I, I, I should make fun of this. It's not a funny thing, but he, he certainly looks a lot healthier than he will in about a decade's time where you yeah. can tell he's not in good shape later on. Uh, here he looks kind of interesting. He actually got, gets up and starts smoking his pipe. I don't remember M ever doing that. But again, it's the first one, so. Um, it's, it's like the purest form of M. a money penny shows up for the first time i've been searching london all over london for you uh, and the coat the, the throwing the hat, ah, on the the coat hat back. Tops, that's something yeah. they don't that that that's purely uh connery i think roger moore does it once possibly i don't remember which one it's though. i associate that more with connery than moore. oh for sure for sure I do like the one in From Russia Would Love a little bit more where he, he, he doesn't know M is behind the door for my next medical. And then he sees M. <laughs> you boner down. What I like about the M scene is it's a fairly simple, it's fairly straightforward. There's not much repartee. But the, the, what they're talking about in that scene, specifically when his Beretta is exchanged for the Walther, 
is in fact in reference to From Usher With Love, the book. It's in my notes. It's in my notes. Am I spoiling your notes? Yes, you are. Oh, but I, I figured you would because it's a known fact. It's very well known that the injury that they describe is uh, in fact the injury that in the novel uh, From Usher With Love, he endures. And by the way, since M has become head of MI6, there's a 40% drop in double ca O casualties, fatalities. So and we want to keep it that way, please. So take the author. <laughs> And he tries to, to sneak out with his, uh, his Beretta. I do like that. I do like that. So now we're off to Jamaica. Yes. The, the greatest place on the face of the earth. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's Jamaica after they seceded uh, from the British Empire. Mm -hmm. Not long after, though. The same year. Because the book is, what, 58, 59, something months, like that? Mm. Months, months, months. Or... Possibly even uh, happening while they were shooting. I don't know when the dates, all the dates, when everything. Sorry, I didn't put that in my notes. Uh, shocking. Shocking. I'm sorry. Um, but uh, I don't know how much it could have influenced the, uh, the writing because the film is still a bit. Um, it's not as. Uh, uh, direct as uh, the, the 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 novel is when it comes to certain uh, uh, racial aspects, uh, one one might say. Well, nobody uses the word "chigros" in the film. Well, yes, but, but there <laughs> they are clean it up a little bit. There's a moment l l very late in the movie when uh, uh, after the uh, Bond is met uh, uh, on a writer and um, they hear the boat coming the, with the henchmen and. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Connery tells, uh, I mean, Bond tells uh, Quarrel, fetch my shoes. <laughs> well, there's the there's the uh, nightclub sequence where he notices the photographer again, and he just looks at Quarrel, go get, fetch, uh, go get her, Quarrel. Like, Got her, Quarrel. What is going on here? Like, eh, mm, I'm surprised that 1960, and like, they're filming in Jamaica, and that they would talk to uh, who, who, what is presumably supposed to be a Jamaican character, like that, I feel that's like you kind of have to be dumb. Even in 1962, you kind of have to be dumb to think like that. Anyways, it's a pure the capitalist. Mo the mores of the time uh, differed slightly, so I guess that's what we're left with. But um, we, we first meet Felix. Exactly. We don't know it yet. He's a the man with the worst sunglasses ever. Oh come now! But it becomes. It's something that I associate with the character having bad sunglasses. Bad sunglasses. Like oh, he has woman sunglasses. Come on, have you seen the? My friend, let me let me school you a oh, little bit. Do so, sir. When Jack Lord wears women sunglasses, <laughs> they become awesome sunglasses. I'm a big Jack Lord fan. I've always liked him. Oh, he's, he's my favorite. Not my fa he's not. I think you've said that before. Yeah, he's my favorite Felix. But uh, to me, uh, having. Woman, son. Uh, what's the one? What's the the guy's name? The actor's name in um, Thunderball. He I wears. Mean, uh, not Emilio Largo. No, the, well, the 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 actor plays Felix. Like oh, uh, Nutter or something. Rick Van Nutter. Yeah, Rick. He has similar glasses as the one yeah. that. Uh, so it becomes like a characteristic of Felix Leiter. I kind of wish that. Um, what's his name in Kissing the Whale? Oh, Jeffrey Wright. I, I hope that if he shows back for another one, he has horrible sunglasses. Like yeah. the same, just out of place. For no reason. Just like, okay. Much appreciated, brother. Now, Bond is already 
he's pretty astute when it comes to these missions because there's a car ready for him to, ta- to, to pick him up. And he actually calls the governor's house. Oh, by the way, did you send a car for me? No, I didn't think you wanted to send one. You're absolutely right. <laughs> and that's a characteristic that I, fi- like I realized after that. Well, at least a movie bomb. He sees a trap. He's going to jump both feet f- in, in, in the trap. He doesn't care. It's, just gonna, it's a trap. I'm going in. And that's an argument that comes up a lot. And on both ends of the spectrum, those that think James Bond is a kind of stupid movie series and those like you and I that love it, you know, the, the counter argument is, well, what's wrong with this idiot? He's like the worst secret agent ever. He, he, he walks right into the trap. With the counter argument to that is, well, he wants to stir the pot. The, the sooner and faster he stirs the pot, yes, the greater the risk to his own life, but the higher the odds that he'll get to the heart of the matter. So I, yeah, I, I can appreciate why he does that. Yes, he's putting his life at risk willingly, like every second, but... Yeah, as we know, you can't kill James Bond apparently. So he's armed, and he carefully seat, sits not next to the driver but behind them. Mm-hmm. So, and in, in, in fact, he's more or less it, it's um, reasonable risk that he takes. The irony here being, the driver who, as we soon discover, is, Mr. is working for Doctor uh, Mr. Jones, Mr. Jones and me. Uh, he's working for uh, Doctor No. He says, oh, I think we're being tailed. Well, what we don't know is that it's actually Quartle and uh, Jack Lord. <laughs> Felix Leiter telling them. So the good guys, who we don't know are the good guys, are telling Bond. And at that moment, well, I guess, no, we, since Bond phoned the governor's house, we know that something's up with this driver. He, this, this guy's not, he's not a straight shooter. In fact, he is, Dr. No has him under his thumb so much that this driver prefers to, prefers swallowing a cyanide pill hidden in his cigarette, no less. Fantastic. So, you know, it's our first uh, action scene. It's the fight with <laughs> Mr. Jones. But no, but they're, like, I, I figure out that, you know, you're in 1962 and he's doing judo. That's uh, not many people had seen those types of moves. Like he's flipping him, turning him, he's the other guys. I think at, at one point, Connery just punches him right out. And I noticed for the first time, like his knuckles are ble- bleeding a little bit. There's blood. I don't know if it's fake blood or maybe actually Connery connected with Did him. Did it lazy beast style and really punched him? Uh, he, he takes over the car and he commandeers it to uh, the governor's house. The, the governor's house, and he gives his first uh, his first one liner. First one liner. Make sure he doesn't get away. <laughs> and this poor officer is like, oh. it's kind of it's a double take. It's it's our first double take of the franchise. It's a pretty good double take. It's pretty solid. It's a, it's a funny laugh. Like it's it's. Actually, genuine like it's original. Like th- this is the first time the, like a fran- movie franchise or any type of movie does something. It's a little bit macabre, also. Oh, absolutely! Like that's part that's of what the makes game. it great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you get to meet, I guess, the film version of Plato Smith, who's who's operating the government, the governing house, a government house. I don't even know what to call it anymore. And it's through Plato Smith that Bond will come to encounter one of Doctor No's many henchman sort of uh professor dent completely uh, missing from the novel true true completely missing from the novel i would not now the funny thing is uh, you know spoilers i like this movie but you know as we are wont to do we like to poke a little bit of fun at these movies now if dr no is such a genius and dr no is so 
overseen and, and he's everywhere and so on. Why would he hire <laughs> this Professor Dent as an assassin? It doesn't make any sense. He's our attempts, our attempts failed. Your attempts failed. I feel he's more like a, a low, like a, a low level, like a manager. I don't know if the level, but he's a manager, and he he's probably in charge of the uh, three blind mice, and uh, three blind mice. Mister, like all the people in Jamaica. He's the the handler. He's like their their oh, contact. Maybe I guess so. It could very well be. I mean, you might be on to something there. That's, that's I just find he's a bit of a, a no but, fault against the actor. Anthony Dawson does a good job. Uh, you know, but those movies were not meant to be discussed over fifty years <laughs> after the, the like. It, it, it's part of the charm because you can see, clearly see uh, the mistakes or the. Uh, uh, um, stitching that keeps the, the, the some some of the plot elements some of the set really uh, when you think about it doesn't make sense but you know you're you're not you're just supposed to go ah oh, enjoy mm. like that's my vacation movie the like tagline if, of this movie is Connery talking to Mr. Jones just uh, take me for a ride <laughs> <laughs> but to me that's that's how you should take this movie this movie is meant it's not meant to have a complicated plot it's just meant to be a fun, entertaining ride, and that's why I like it. That's uh, that's a movie, I, the Connery one, because I don't want a comp, an overly complicated plot that makes no sense, goes nowhere. Like in You Only Left Twice, it's still a crazy movie. I want a little bit sexiness. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of in, I'm kind of excited to talk about that movie. Yeah, but I, I am. But if you go to my head, I feel that's going to be a remix of Diamonds Are Forever. Oh, yeah, but, yeah. We'll get there <laughs> when we get there, but I. I there's elements I love in the Doctor No. These the, the the just the being Jamaica female supporting cast are the, some of the be most beautiful in the entire mm. fight. Oh, that little uh, freelance uh, photographer. She's she's a bit of a honey. She's a former Miss, Miss Jamaica. Jamaica. I think. Or she had just won it or something like that. Oh no no, she's a very very nice lady. Now, speaking of supporting characters, among them uh, freely. You're hurting. She's supposed to be playing Chinese. I think she's... Oh, my God. I think I just figured it out. I think she's supposed to be a Chigro. I'm not even joking. I think that's what... Because she's dressed... She's obviously black, but she's dressed she's Chinese. She's biracial. And she, I, yeah, I think. They make her up a little bit to be kind of Asiatic. Well, they so. gave her the accoutrements yeah. associated, like the dress that she wears. I think that's like... Without using that weird word, I think that's the... Oh, this is the version of, you know... Yes. She grows. Uh, hey, stop saying it. But on the topic of supporting characters, we finally do get to properly meet uh, Quarrel. Through his investigation, Bond came across, he goes to Strangways' house, notices a photograph of this Quarrel. He only has one costume. He has <laughs> an outfit. No, he's dressed in that red T-shirt with a hat. And, and um, blue pants. So we don't... It's funny. The movie keeps playing this game with the audience where... Uh, the heroes don't reveal themselves as heroes just yet, and, and that applies to Quarrel, who is, man, he gives a little bit of information, but not so much. He says, I'm busy. No, you can't rent my boat. Uh, you can't rent my boat. Uh, bye, dude. And he goes off to see his friend Bosfala uh, at, at, the, at the bar, <laughs> and Bond follows, because he's like, no, no, I'm going to get information <laughs> out of you. And 
we finally discover that uh, Bosfella, uh, not Bond, Coral, and Felix Leiter are in fact allies. And we also get to see some red stripe beer. <laughs> yes, yes, we do. We had a, we had a, courtesy of Matthew. Thank you very much. Very mm -hmm. kind of you. Uh, we had some red stripe beer earlier today during our Doctor No the Book episode. But there's a whole, uh, the tons of cases in the in the back mm -hmm. behind the behind the bar at this place. Yeah, they're in the. Well, we are in the right mood to discuss uh, Doctor oh, No yeah. now. Absolutely, I feel like it's Jamaica right now. <laughs> Speaking of uh, well, Pussfellas Bar, we uh, after after well, Bon and uh, Lighter finally uh, meet. I do. I'm sorry to interrupt you. I don't like doing that, but I do want to point out one of my favorite uh, dialogue exchanges in the film. Where, uh, again, we oh, don't I, know that Felix Slater was just the friend just can, yet. He takes his gun out. Can I play, uh, do you want me to play uh, uh, Felix or Bond? Because I know the line. Um, I can be uh, I can be Felix. Uh, interesting. Oh, shoot. What is the uh, line now? I'll be Felix. Okay. It's during, uh, interesting uh, suit. Who's your tailor? Uh, I think, where'd you get it, I think? Where'd you oh, get it? Because Bond's yes. reply is, uh, my tailor, Savoro, you? Um, wait, mine's a guy in Washington. One's <laughs> I messed that up. It's stinging in the podcast. Yeah, that's fine. Well, I I delivered it. Don't worry. Uh, yeah, made it. Great line. Great little line. That's fun. That's a um, that's a cute line. It's a cutesy yeah. spot. Like it's short term for people who don't know spy. It look it sounds cool for somebody who's not a spy. But when you think about it, probably a real spy wouldn't talk like that. Is it? No, and it's funny. I actually thought Savarol was a well, it is a place, uh, but... Uh, you thought it was a tailor? Yeah, I thought it was an actual tailor. It's, it's a street in London. I, and I was on Savile Oh, this is Savile Row Street. And I still like went down it to try to find Savile Row, but no, there's no such thing as Savile Row, the place. But it's a street, and yes, there are many tailors on that street. So yeah. oh, It's a nice city. It's a lot of nice. It's a little expensive, and the British pound sort of crushes the Canadian dollar, but, yeah. but it's fun. It's fun. Eventually, eventually. Yeah. Um, then we have uh, our photographer, uh, for the photographer, coming back and uh, um, being questioned by uh, our heroes, and yeah. um, she she's not having a good time. Uh, not she's having a good time, but she's resisting, much like Mr. Jones, who said, "I'd rather die than uh, than succumb to the uh, the uh, wrath of Doctor No." Uh, our little daily gleaner freelance is uh, she's not saying anything and Coral is ready to break her arm do you need to break your arm sir and he's like really excited he's really excited like, you know, like, I want I want some action we too excited and this is where uh, Felix actually starts informing James Bond about you know Crab Key oh. and this Doctor No and and Coral is is expressing some misgiving some reservations about the thought of actually going back to Crab Key, because he's been, he says he's been there with Strangways, they picked up some rocks, which turned out to be radioactive, but he sort of suggests, ah, I don't really want to go back there, so. Also, that's when we finally start hearing about those missile tests, that which well, are... Well, M mentions them during his briefing. Really? Yeah, he, well, that's why he's... At near the, the near very the... end on the television set, they're, like, preparing this, the, the rocket launch. You no, know, technically, and... those rocket tests are actually the Project Mercury. Which is? Uh, it's the first man, um, the first American in space. Uh, they did a movie about that, uh, uh, the right stuff. 
uh, John Glenn, I think. Yeah, oh. it's John Glenn. That, like at the end, I can tell you, I feel like freaking nerd, but that movie takes place in January 1962 because that missile launch. I don't remember the exact date, but it's the it's like it's around 9 a.m. that uh, uh, the the doctor no actually gets murdered because that launch actually happened early. Only you would uh, sniff out those sorts of details. They're good details. They're good. Whenever good I say these, I say these lovingly, but I'm like almost like this is not surprising at all. Just keep them coming. No, keep but them it's coming. <laughs> if you're if you're trying, if you want to put them in the real world right. it's not a yeah. missile it's a, it's a rocket launch it's some they're putting somebody in space mm. and they were shooting the movie around the same time so i don't know if they were thinking about that my guess is not probably not I don't think so. it's me retroactively uh, fitting it in uh, uh, the real world uh, narrative so we talked a little bit about professor dent we've talked a little bit uh, a little bit about uh, freelance we have another henchwoman uh, working for Dr. Doe, Miss Taro. Oh, they forgot that they, they added this guy. You know, that's the difference between movie bond and uh, book bond because book bond has one girl, so far, one girl per book. Yeah, and sometimes Galabrand technically do count, her, do you count her as a bond girl, but he doesn't sleep with her. So uh, I don't know how you count the woman in I'm your life. A bond girl. But I mean, like Olga Camille Montes. Yeah, it's I, know it, I know. It's yeah, it's but it's uh, it, it's just funny that they put so much accent on his promiscuity, which is in the book. It's there because he has multiple dalliances throughout each novel. He has one girl, and they also mentioned that he has uh, floozies on the sides between books. But it's it's not as. Uh, there's prominent, prominent. In the films because he's already, he's already slept with Sylvia Trench, and now he's I, I this I don't know if I'd go so far as to say this is my favorite section of the film, but I do love this section. I love this idea it's, of Bond because of or in part because of his his promiscuous ways. He's gonna get this woman in bed, but he's he's also still on the mission because he knows. He believes firmly that she's actually working for Dr. No, so maybe she can give him some sort of information. Maybe he can get further in his investigation through her, but he does it in a way that, obviously, at the time, we don't know. It's like classic Bond wooing, but... You know. In her... Yeah, that's right. He'll <laughs> pump her for information. <laughs> oh, my God. I, but I love that section of the book where he shows up. Well, of course, there's also the car chase where the three blind mice uh, finally get it. Uh, I love the back project, the rear projection, the back projection. We also missed the uh, the spy spider sequence. Oh, my goodness. That, actually, that happens before. Yeah, you're right. You know, let's backtrack a little bit. I want to talk about that sequence. The bauxite mine that they shot at. The, the lair because we see yeah. it because it's not guano in the eyes in the book it's a bauxite it's bauxite bauxite is used to make aluminum and i know that because i worked at an aluminum factory I actually uh, i might actually have uh, accidentally spilled some bauxite uh while working at the aluminum factory it's a summer job i had huh. uh and uh, yeah well, um, what happens when you spill bauxite uh you need to take uh, an industrial uh, sized uh, uh, and hmm. a vacuum and uh, just vacuum it. Uh, I don't want to go into detail, but 
It's a bauxite mine. Mm. I find that fascinating because I actually spilled you some. You got a little bit of experience in that. <laughs> Your claim to fame, I spilled bauxite and bauxite features in duct, I know. <laughs> I'm so excited. Uh, but you know what? I'm glad you brought up the, the tar tarantula sequence because uh, that introduces us to the first of many, many masterpieces uh, signed by uh, our friend Ken Adam. Uh, the scene where uh, oh. the professor then picks up, pick up the cage. That's it's very simple. Okay, there's nothing very particularly complex visually about it, but it's really arresting. You got that grill, uh, <laughs> the ceiling with the sunlight coming through. It's a very nice looking set. It's a effective design. Yeah, minimalist. Minimalist, but at the same time, it reminds you of uh, that your jail and it's because uh, professor, professor Dent is being pressured by Doctor No. He's so he's kind of like on the grill. <laughs> you know that's uh, today if, if they were going, going if they were remaking that movie uh, today uh, he would just have picked up his phone hey boss uh, uh, I need help and he would have like <laughs> Amazon Prime one day shipping deadly spider opens the box oh god <laughs> <laughs> yeah perhaps not um, you know actually tarantulas are not actually lethal no you're kidding or Am I teaching you something? No. Bond is absolutely I petrified. I heard that Connery has fear of spiders. Well, there's a there's a thin sheet of glass between him and the spider. It's not like really walking on him. But still, like... Well, that's he, real sweat. Yeah, I know his reaction. <laughs> when you close up his face, he looks... Like, I don't know if it's makeup, but he looks very, very, like, tense. I don't know if it might have been hot also when they shot that sequence, but... Oh, perhaps, but with the music and even with even with a plate of glass between him and the arachnid, if you're if you suffer from arachnophobia, I don't think you really care about the plate. The sight of it will will, will uh, get to you. So yeah, so it's, uh, it's it still works as a sequence. Because even I, I saw it as um, I, I was a teenager, uh, it still worked as Tej, and I was still entertained by it. So. Ends on that great musical note where he takes it. Ding, 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 ding. ding. That's funny. I like that. <laughs> Me likey. We're going to cut to that. And we're back. <laughs> what he crushes the spider, the three blind mice uh, get their comeuppance. And we're fi we finally get to uh, Miss Taro's place yeah. in the mountains. It's cool up here in the mountains. She gives him direction to reach her house, but the direction she gave him... You know, if she was smart, she would just said, uh, "Go, like, take a left, take a right, take a left, and you're gonna end in a ditch." Why did you give 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 Actual, the directions to her place? Her eyes, eh. Like, don't think about it, Matt. It's not that type of movie. <laughs> so he finally makes it to her, her house, and he comes to her room, and he he has this um, towel in his hand, and he's playing it with it, and he looks like he's gonna strangle it her. Does. Holy shoot, I never noticed that. He smells it too, I like that. It's a little bit any. Mm. He has an afternoon, an afternoon, delight. afternoon delight. After some playing around, he orders a taxi. And uh, to her surprise and chagrin, she's being arrested. Watch out for her nail varnish. And on what charges? Giving bad directions? Or just to take her, take her out of the equation. I mean, is, is she going to jail? Uh, 
there must be something linking her. I can't remember what exactly is linking her and, and Dr. No. I mean, we, the audience, and James Bond just know she's working for Dr. No. What have, what have we seen in the film that proves it? I don't know. He might be sending, I mean, she might be just be questioning too. Mm. But as we've seen before, nobody coughs up Dr. No's plans. So they might not have gotten a whole lot out of her. She might have had, watch out for a nail varnish. Oh, maybe it's cyanide. Oh, poison, Ooh. poison claws. <laughs> Sounds kind of dangerous. Because Bond goes back to into her house. He, uh, I love that. I love that detail. I love that detail. Yeah, there's little things Sneaky. like that that he does in that movie that he never does in any. Takes off movie. his shoes in his in his flat when he notices a sound. He takes off his shoes. Doesn't want me. Did you notice that? Yes, that's awesome. When he goes to his apartment, he puts the uh, the the hair to cover like to. <laughs> And the talk, that's that actual spy stuff he never does again. He's going to have like rocket packs eventually, but he never does simple spy work. It's no. just always super complex. And we get to one of the most cruelest scenes in the entire franchise. You know, it's been echoed in other movies. It's in, it's in Casino Royale. It's the, perhaps the most important scene in... like. You could have the entire movie, and if that movie, uh, that scene is not in that movie, I don't think we'd still be talking about James Bond movies today. I think it's the mm. most essential, like, component of that movie is that scene that makes him James Bond. Um, I think James Bond is bigger than just that scene. There are, there are many characteristics about the character today. That make you, have, that. you have to think 1962. Well, they're there, and he's a womanizer. He has one-liners. He's other, well-dressed. Uh, other characters are well-dressed. Other characters, like that, the cruelty, James Bond's cruelty is what makes him a special cinematic character. And that scene... The one thing I never understand about that scene is he asks Professor Dent, you know, who are you working for? And Professor Dent thinks he has the upper hand. Well, I guess I'll tell you, since you, as you won't live, and oops, you know, you've had that's a Smith & Wesson and you've had your six. And then he kills Professor Dent. So was he just toying with him? Because if you're going to kill him before he gives you any information, then again, he's already seen a couple people not give any information under duress, so maybe he figured, well, I'll ask. I know he has a Smith & Wesson and he's had his six, so I, I'll ask the question, and if he's like everybody else and doesn't cough up, I'll just shoot this guy. I think maybe he was going to kill him. Yeah. I think he was going to kill him, because remember... Um, he, he, that man caused is his action caused the death of staring ways like he killed one of his i don't know it's never but he killed an agent and he just technically he just killed james bond yeah we certainly tried like he he shot on on, on the fake six james. bullets it look what overkill now six it's, bullets he's not a professional that's the thing it's a professed professor but it's still like that's the type <laughs> he's but, not a professional he's a professor but that <laughs> wrong pro but that's the type of killing that Bond hates, cold blood. He tried to kill James Bond in cold blood, and Bond, that, that boils his, his blood. And so just, he kills him in cold blood. No, it doesn't. He's, <laughs> I don't know. Like, to me, it, I don't know. It make I don't, I'm struggling to explain it, but it makes sense. Okay. You have nothing to tell me. You're, you've tried to kill me. You're still trying to kill me. I have nothing to gain from keeping you alive. You uh, like you kill you cause the death of an agent. Goodbye. Boom. And his secretary. And his secretary. A little bit of a looker, so you know, I don't like that either. 
So one in the front, boom, and then one in the back. I, I, think it's I like how he removes the silencer, blows it, cools it off. Like we, we uh, ter- again, my, my boy, we, we, uh, we let that moment breathe a little bit. You know, it's not a fast cutaway. We see James Bond for about 10 seconds as he's taking off the silencer and cooling it off. I like that. Very unemotional. You know, mm. it's very... Matter of fact. Yeah, very much done. so. Moving on to... Grab key, Captain. Oh, this is where... It's something that's been spoofed in um, the French film OSS Sunset, The Day for Night. Like they, they, I've um, never seen it though. I want to though. You never seen I it. I haven't seen. I it. have the second one. The first one has jokes that they don't repeat in the. Like it's not like Austin Powers where they repeat the same jokes in every movie, but with little modification. There's different jokes in each film, but in the first one, there's a lot of day for night, and it's it's pretty funny. But I, I've noticed the day for night before, but it's especially when they're in the boat where I noticed not only is it day for night, but you can clearly see in the background there's boats, there's pe- like multiple times there people were watching them film. It's only this time like, oh my God, you can see like all the boats, they're watching the movie being made. Like I, they're trying to keep them out of frame. They're not really, because they're shooting on a boat. But when you're not, that movie was not made, meant to be analyzed 60, over 50 years after it was made. It's not that big a deal. No, no, it's not that big of a deal. But there's something about day for night that I've always liked visually. I mean, it's it's not real. It's hard to get more artificial than day for night. Uh, but there's something visually that I've always liked about it. I like it when movies do that. More or less enjoyed that those day for nights because there's not that many. There's a little bit later on when they're uh, being chased by the dragon, but... Uh, I do like some... Um... Oh, stop it. There's no such thing as dragons, Matthew. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> and we finally meet our leading lady. Yes. And it's about an hour in. Oh, yeah. Most definitely. Thank Absolutely. You. Absolutely. And what an introduction. Underneath the mango tree, my honey and me. Who is that? It's all right. I'm not supposed to be here either. I take it you're not. Are you alone? What are you doing here? Looking for shells? No, I'm just looking. I wrote. She comes out of the sea singing. Uh, underneath the mango tree. I'm keeping that in. <laughs> I'm editing the film episodes. You're I will decide that. Keep it in, please. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> That's one thing I noticed about that scene, though. She seems to believe Bond pretty quickly. She's a very trustworthy person. And it's not a bad quality, mind you. But about 20 seconds later, you know, they're just walking, chatting along. And this one's worth $50 in Miami. 50 (laughs) Um, It never bothered me at all. It's just one of those things that I noticed last. I never, it never hit me until oh. last night when I watched that scene again, and it's like, wow, this is, they became friends like super fast. In the book, she's a rape survivor. I don't think she's raped in the movie. I don't think so. I didn't understand it. I didn't interpret it that way anyway. Yeah, that's. And um, I love because they, uh, at one point, Bond after the uh, well, the 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 boat, the, the people on the boat show up. They have the 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 scene where they all right, come oh. out now. We got the guns. They uh, they uh, they escape to the lagoon and Bond kills one man. 
But eventually there's a scene where he's actually drawing his gun. And it's the first time I noticed that she's actually sharpening her knife. When? Bon, like, he's... Um, it's after well, all, all this uh, BS with the cards. And... Um, <laughs> well, but I know what you mean. But he's sitting. Uh, he has, you sound like me now. He has one leg stretched and one head, uh, one leg bent, and she's on his left. And it, like you, you see him like he's oh. drawing his gun, and she has a thing. She's she's nice. uh, she has her knife belt, and she's she's sharpening her knife. Nice. I never paid attention cool. until now. I'm like, oh, have you? I've never seen. I've never noticed that either. The one moment that I did notice, and it's always stuck with me. And again, it's it's. It's Terrence Young, like wanting to leave these weird little moments in his movies. It's when they're uh, hiding, they're in the water, and they're using like the bamboos to, to breathe. And the first group has already walked on by, and there's another one coming, but we don't know that yet. And they uh, submerge from the water, and or emerge from the water rather. And there's one shot. Connery has like the biggest smile on his face. He's like, oh, "We got these suckers." I think we got him. It's re- you're checking the scene out. It's really awesome. I don't know why. He, I guess he just wants those natural reactions in the movies. That's partly why I like the Terrence Young films. They're these little moments where he'll leave There's a, these things in, and it's, they're not cartoon characters. It's uh, he's trying to take the absurdity sometimes of the Fleming novels, but the, in the Fleming novels, because you are with the character, you're in their brain. You experience the, the the story from their point of view. Uh, it's something that doesn't necessarily translate when you make a, a movie, and that's the one thing they that I've noticed with Terrence Young with the screenwriters. They adapted. They don't. They did. They added stuff. They subtracted elements. They shortened some passages because you don't spend as much time in Jamaica in the movie that and then you do in the in the uh, the novel. They adapted the the scenario the storyline, the characters too, they didn't stick to the book so much that it becomes boring. And sometimes I feel like people are treat original text like it's sacred scripture. Sacrosanct. And, and, uh, yeah, you know, sometimes you know you need to don't waste my time. The, the film is the film and the book is the book. But I th- I'm actually glad you bought that you brought that point up because uh, it'll enables us to mention a name that I don't think we've mentioned once since we've done this podcast and that's Richard Maybaum yeah who uh, worked on most of the scripts but going the from Dr. No to five well he well I think in the 80s it's him and and Michael G. Wilson yeah. but you know he worked on uh, right up until License to Kill he worked on almost all of them I think Tom Mankiewicz as we discussed already a few times already uh, Tom, worked on a few but uh, I don't think he worked on Moonraker the by who loved me and the Makowitz tri- trilogy, so he yeah. skipped most of the seventies. Uh, yeah, seventies. But he came like more, the sixties and the eighties. Or he's he's very good at that, and and I think he accomplished exactly what you just described—that idea of taking you know the essence of the book, but not everything from the book needs to be in the film. You got to cut, you got to create, you got to alter so it can be cinematic. And I think he was very, very good at that. So bless you. He, he was, and yeah. he, he he nailed the feel because the now that you mention it, the the movies he wrote feel uh, for the most part the most Flemingist, especially like uh, 
from that era. Uh, and some of those 80s ones as well, like Free Eyes Only. Octopussy, honestly, Octopussy sounds he's pretty Fleming-esque, I find, even though it has nothing to do with the short story. Mm -hmm. but, well, living, the Living Daylights, for absolutely. example. Absolutely. So we finally what? Finally see the dragon. Dragon in uh, poor quarrel. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, what a grisly, grisly death. You can hear a scream Ooh. too. Ah. Ah. Oh, it's just mm. a burning corpse. Flambe, unfortunately. Uh, pretty fun character. You know, he's been he's been kind of fun. Always drinking that rum. Yeah. When he's drinking. Like <laughs> There's a lot of funny cues. It? Like it's really like I mentioned it to you, but that that score is really 1950s. Disney. Oh yeah. Oh absolutely, absolutely. It's it's the least that we, we we were talking about this before we hit record, and we were listening to a little bit of underneath the mango tree, but uh, yeah, it's it's the least Bondian score of all the Bond scores. But again, it's the first one they didn't really have their rhythm at that point. So unfortunately, Quarrel bites the dust. Now I believe men I remember mentioning in our book review that I really liked the description of what this supposed dragon looked like in the book. I think it, it sort of fit in the. Give me a break, guys. It's a little bit. You silly. saw that and said thought it was a dragon. Come on, girl. Come on, girl. It's a little bit silly. I'll admit. A little, a lot silly. I mean, <laughs> as a movie prop, it looks cool. But you know what that? You know what that could be? I just thought of that. That could in the next Mad Max movie, you could like make a. a tractor or not a tractor but a truck that that looked like that essentially it's not a dragon now they they have to be decontaminated oh that's something that the that's completely missing from the the book the um, radioactivity subplot <laughs> mm. with because everyone knows that all you need to uh, little scrub little scrub little head and shoulders yeah little little shoulders but he played with radioactivity so and he lost his hand so he knows a lot and is it just me or is Bond like bossing everybody in this film? He bosses Coral. And then when they're in the hideout, uh, you do the girl first. You unlock these uh, unlock these uh, cuffs. You're like, it's a so F you, man. You are captive. <laughs> we'll tell you what to do. <laughs> but he's right. How do you want, like, do you want you to, like, hulk out or something? How do you, like, he's right. He bosses him around, but it's to search. He's, he's, he's trying to. Uh, he's be not as, scared, yeah. Yeah, he's trying to be as dominant as he can technically be without getting a punch in the gut. That's true. And uh, so so they are decontaminated. Wash the finger. Still showing 4%. Wash his fingers, man, <laughs> woman. And oh, they get that. to meet the two best characters. I know, I know exactly, Matthew, I know exactly what you're going to say. We get to meet the two best characters in the franchise history. Sister Lily and Sister Rose. <laughs> <laughs> but this is, you know, this is why it's my vacation movie. Because he looks like he's on vacation. Like, he, he's, he look, he just went from the spa. He's wearing the terry cloth uh, bat towel. He's going to be greeted by these two friendly little ladies. And they're going to show him to their, their room. It's uh, only half an hour ago we knew you were really on your way. <laughs> <laughs> and the room is Gorgeous! That's it's awesome, super though. well furnished. Can't add him at work again. Now we're really seeing. I mean, if if the cage scene was was uh, example number one, basically the final twenty minutes of the movie is just like Ken Adam going completely insane. <laughs> when you see Doctor No's apartment, I'm like, oh, I want to live there. It's, it's awesome. Just everything with oh, it's everything is that 
production design wise i mean all they had to do was shoot because it was the 1960s and everything was like it's from the set of uh mad men it's just that's it's perfect i mean uh just think like the furniture like something something as simple as uh, a chair in the middle of the room like ah, i want that chair yeah well yes dr no has a very very good taste madman and evildoer though he may be has very good nice taste. taste yeah my good taste our our, our, our heroes are um, uh, uh, fed some um, i'm guessing um, tranquilizer uh through uh, oh, coffee. the coffee Oh, damn, the damn, coffee. Damn coffee. It tries to get up, get up. The sound design is a little wonky there, too. That's a very piercing crash when that coffee mug breaks, coffee cup breaks, shatters. So finally they wake up and they are get they're, they're getting dressed. I kinda like Bond's outfit in <laughs> yeah, there. It's pretty good. Like the brown, like he's rocking that Chinese tux pretty well. well finally meet our villain, our title character. Played by a wonderful Caucasian actor. Joseph Wiseman. <laughs> You know, he's, he's born in Montreal. I've heard that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. A little bit of Canadian connection there. And uh, Dr. No, a little bit of... Uh, little bit of Station M MC? Uh, Station MC. There's the MC coming back, bringing it back. Um, you know, we, I think it's only fair that we spend a couple of minutes on Dr. No, the character, the, the performance from Wiseman, the character as presented in the book. He's... I feel like Dr. No sort of the forgotten villain. Uh, everybody likes Doctor. Uh, really? Everybody likes Goldfinger. Uh, everybody likes like Rosa Klebb, Blofeld, uh, Alec Trevelyan, now Silva. Like I don't hear Doctor No's name mentioned that much. Edgar, uh, Blofeld stole his outfit. Like that's probably it is the most like every villain that wears uh, the Mao uh, suit. What's his name in uh, Tomorrow Never Dies? He's wearing the Doctor Now outfit. Elliot Carver. Yeah, all of them are copied, uh, copies, uh, stylistically, aesthetically. Well, the way they, they, they didn't invent that piece of. No, but it's it, it is a recurring theme. They did they did it and they did it and they did it again because it was successful the first time. What if Blofeld's supposed to be like Doctor No version 2.0? Do you think he is? Definitely is. Hmm. I mean, they 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 cannibalize elements from other villains uh i mean the scar a little bit of largo the scar on his head the baldness well that's probably the thing that's the the most unique about the the first iteration of blofeld is the fact that he's bald but the way he dresses that's definitely dr no so mm. he's uh he's not um I'm, I, we'll discuss I want to eventually we discussed this before but I want to have an episode just on Blofeld after we we've covered the Blofeld trilogy but it it, it is uh, it's a weird character and Dr. No to me feels the most uh, the most influential villain every villain every actor that played a Bond villain more or less and not all the time but They've taken elements from what Joseph Weisman did as a yeah. performance. Very austere. Cold, yes. Control the way they talk, the way they hold their hands, and the deformity. He has mechanical hands. Uh, what's his name? Large. That little Buddha doll. Yeah. The, the Buddha doll, that's something that uh, Hudjob is going to do to uh, golf balls or golf balls. Or Gobinda would do to a pair of dye. Yeah. So there, everything everything is in there. Like I said, it's the, the recipe is complete. Is it? 
are, are there something missing there's a little bit spice missing in that movie uh maybe uh, a bit more uh cook me cook a little bit longer there's stuff that's not perfect but it's a great recipe It's a very good perform for what for what the character is supposed to be. I think it's a pretty good performance too. I think he's doing a very good job. Oh, very efficient job. But we also find out that uh, he's a me I'm a member of Spectre. Uh, you I, you've been saying that Spectre 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 Special Executive for Counterintelligence, Terrorism, Revenge, and Extortion. The four great cornerstones of the world. You're just a stupid policeman. I love. I love You're nothing but a stupid policeman. Oh, we can't all be geniuses, can we? Tell me, does the toppling of American missiles really compensate for having no hands? Missiles are only the first step to prove our power. Our power? With your disregard for human life, you must be working for the East. East, West, just points of the compass, each as stupid as the other. I'm a member of Spectre. Spectre? Spectre. Special executive for counterintelligence, terrorism, revenge, extortion. The four great cornerstones of power, headed by the greatest brains in the world. Correction. Criminal brains. The successful criminal brain is always superior. It has to be. Why become criminal? I'm sure the West would welcome a scientist of your caliber. The Americans are fools. I offered my services, they refused. So did the East. Now they can both pay their mistake world domination same old dream well he's he's great i mean if you ask any anyone uh the name of, of five bond villains i think they're gonna he's the title character like you're gonna get goldfinger you get dr no and blofeld for sure and you might Scaramanga. get um scaramanga no i don't think he makes it in the top five random Le person chiffre. Maybe Le Chiffre. Random person we hit the street with when uh, we asked them, name me five Bond villains right now. I'm, I'm for sure we are getting Dr. No. Once we get the YouTube channel up and running, we'll have special bonus episodes where we do exactly <laughs> that. That would be fun, though. <laughs> that would be that fun. That would be like we go to La Ronde and go, name me five James Bond villains. Hi, I'm from the James Bond complex. What? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Can you name me five? Uh, that would be super funny weird but funny oh um bond finally uh gets well they, they decide uh, to did he what is he does he say what he's going to do to any writer no they just we take... just discover later i think there there are no crabs although i think there's a deleted a deleted scene there's a picture i've seen the picture of of the version of that scene where there are like shitty looking crabs around her. and the crabs are barely alive yeah um So that I think they're just going to drown her. Although he doesn't say that. Nor does he say what he's going to do with Bond, really. It just puts him in a uh, Beat him jail. up and leave, oh, Soften him up. Soften him up. For what? We don't know. I, it would be weird for that parkour to be intentional, but for Dr. No to not say it. Yeah. So I want to think that that's... It just, it's strange. That's one of my favorite things of the book, the madness of Dr. No, having these patients and testing their skill and their might and their endurance. The man mania. The mania, the, 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 lo the logic behind the mania. <laughs> you look at my glass. I can't touch that anymore. But uh, just for the listeners' sake, we've been having some a good time. We had some red stripe beer. 
uh, courtesy of Matthew, and and uh, you also made us some vodka martinis. Now I'm a beer guy. I'm not really a hard liquor guy for, to to begin with. Uh, you know. And um, your vodka martini is a hell of a vodka martini. Well, I cannot drink this. Well, you, I told you, you have to drink it cold. Now it's, it's an hour too I late. I had trouble with like the two and a half sips I took cold. Okay. I'm uh, a beer guy. Give yeah. me some beer. I'll give me another red stripe. I'll have fun with that. I can't drink this. <laughs> this is, uh, it's un undrinkable. I chuck a sip and uh, Edgar is chuckling at my reaction because it's, ugh, it, it is. Oof, I feel a little bit warm in the face right now. But that reaction, uh, I think Bond has that reaction a few times too, because he goes uh, through like the, the the shafts. A grill that that uh, no, it's a ventilation um, air conditioning shaft. It that seems he... to be a little bit of everything because there's water going through that thing as well, which I guess is the part of the cooling system. Yeah, for which this makes no sense because his cell would be would be covered in water. Yeah, I know. But anyways, whatever. So he. It's not that type of crawls through this, but what the funny thing is, there are parts of that section which mirror the book, like the heat. Yeah, uh, there are no tarantulas, although we did see a tarantula earlier in the film. So I don't know, it's very, very strange. It's not explained, and there are weird sounds. <laughs> I, what the <laughs> hell? Really, is that? Um, so he finally crawls his way around and finally makes it to uh, Doctor Evil's uh, control room. I mean, Doctor No's control room. Same diff. <laughs> I. It's it is like it's but it's a great set, and it makes no sense what they're doing. I like it when Doctor No, like he's at his his control panel with a couple of his employees, his associates next to him, and they're, they're. Oh, actually, two things I like a lot about this about this scene is when the leader of of an operation says, you know, turn it up to ten, and then somebody else tells turn it up to ten. You know, uh, calculate hyperdrive. Calculate hyperdrive. And I love it when that stuff happens. That's number one. Number two is when the very next thing they need to calculate or, 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 or prepare, and this guy Chang is supposed to do it. You know, Chang and Dr. No turns around. Chang is Bond, in fact. Doctor, what the hell are you doing there, Chang? Get to your post. I like that little demonstration of, of anger, <laughs> impatience. From Doctor No, he is human. I love um, that. You know, I, I the, the, for the first time, I'm like, you know, they all the Ench people have different type of protective suits. Some are semi-transparent. Oh, I some love are the semi-transparent one. Some are green, and some are just white. I'm like, is why is that? Is that <laughs> because some of them? Oh, we we ran out. Uh, <laughs> is it? I okay. You're expendable, so you're gonna get the transparent one. We don't expect you to make it alive. Uh, you get the blue one. You get the pink one because you know you look stupid. You know what the transparent one is for? Actually, it's actually for like um, uh, for a bronzage, like to tan. Like you go in there <laughs> naked. And like it's not fully transparent. It's semi-transparent. So you go out on the beach. Like is he naked? <laughs> you know the beep 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 sound that they the, like their their system makes is the same beep beep sound that you hear when you start playing the movie. Uh, there's a beep beep sound, and then it goes to the gun battle sequence. It's the same sound effects. I gotta I gotta rewatch that scene. I never picked up on that. 
I feel a little bit OCD because I picked up on that, but it's oh. it's the same same sound. Fantastic. Fantastic. <laughs> so I don't know what it means. Maybe we're well the the the, uh, the movie we're watching is actually co-opted co-opted by a specter, and Doctor No gets boiled alive. And pretty much a, a bit of a strange little fight. Again, you know, it's the first one. I feel sad for him because he's so desperate. He's like calling for life. He's like, oh, oh no, my 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 metal hands don't have any the stupid metal stupid. hands that made me look so awesome when I crushed that Buddha doll. I can't grab stuff. They're too slippery. Oh no, I'm, I'm no, he's he I'm boiling. He's not boiling alive. He's gonna he's turning radioactive. He's gonna be gonna becoming green. He's gonna grow his hair and have a mustache. James Bond Jr. survived. Oh, I, I brought it back again, Edgar. Is it Ugh. possible that they actually thought of that? It's, it's for sure. <laughs> Said Matthew with utter seriousness. <laughs> it's, it's, to me, it's evident. Total conviction. So, oh, another little moment I like in Dr. No is that, so Dr. No is dead because Bond has toyed with with, with the, the toggle of the nuclear power uh, nuclear bond did something and now the place is blowing up and now he wants to save honey and there's this one poor guy in the car in the cor corridor that bond intercepts where's the girl uh, i don't know and bond doesn't give a shit he just socks him a good one love that oh god that's awesome like finally finds a technician like a lady technician that tells her, oh, it's room 342 or something. And she's, she's batacled and there's water pouring. I'm like, okay, she wanted to get her wet. He finally makes it out of the compound and um, climbs on top of the bauxite mine that's about to blow up because of that. You know, Jamaica is going to get radioactive. I was just dust. thinking about that too, actually, last night watching the movie. I'm like, this is not good at all for the whole island of Jamaica. Oops. Mind you, they never go back to Jamaica in the movie. <laughs> yeah, be a reason why. And he fight like the, the the he starts fighting. Like he gets on a boat, he punches one guy, but the guy doesn't fall off the boat. He just kind of. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Leans forward and doesn't move. There's one of the guy. He punches off the boat, and they start driving. And as as Bond is driving, he notices that the other guy's like, "Oh, wait." I need to take out the trash and throws them overboard. Like, I don't know if that first stuntman didn't want it because they're not really stuntmen. They're probably locals. Didn't want to perform the stunt correctly or was afraid of jumping in the water. Wanted to extend his appearance on screen. And, oh, I know, I'm just going to lean forward. Or it's something that the director asked for. It could be either. But it's I'm, really cool. I'm okay with oh, both. I, I love it. I like, again, little moment my boy terence young unfortunately only one more movie from him left but uh, anyways and uh true. movie pretty much ends uh, they're in their little boat uh together they're getting a tow they're getting towed <laughs> it's funny they're they're sort of lost at sea so to speak felix later with his uh, buddies find them they they tow them and then two seconds oh, hey, later bond oh hey, mr bond and then bond uh unshackles their boat from the rope that was towing them so they can make boodaloop but uh cute little ending uh, i like it i like the 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 image of of the gun barrel in red at the end that yeah, that's, that's a nice a, little touch a... and the bond theme plays because there's no real that that basically is the theme song that's, for this movie uh quickly i'm gonna go through the year 1962 um before we finally wrap wrap things up uh i didn't know january 3rd uh, Pope Jean Paul 
the 23rd excommunates uh, Fidel Castro. I didn't know he was excommunicated. Um, oh, and uh, January 9th, very important, later on in that year, Cuba and the Soviet Union uh, sign a trade pact. The, the embargo uh, between uh, the United States, well, from the United States to Cuba is announced on February 3rd. Oh, and um, <clears throat> important uh, fast food chain that's not really a uh, strong presence in Quebec, Taco Bell is funded uh, on uh, March 21st. Uh, oh, May 23rd, very important for our beloved city. Uh, the uh, drilling of the Montreal Montreal subway begins on mm. May 23rd. Yeah, very important because I needed that to get here today. Mm. Uh, after that, we have on August 5th, the death of Marilyn Monroe. Um, died of uh, overdose or mm. murder. It's still nebulous. Uh, same date, Nelson Mandela is arrested uh, by the South African government. October 5th. Oh, yeah, forgot that. Dr. No is released. <laughs> <laughs> Unimportant. Unimportant. Very not worth mentioning. Uh, oh, and the entire um, October crisis fr uh, from uh, the Cuban miles, uh, missile crisis starts uh, in on October 14th and uh, more or less uh, ends, finally ends in, uh, on October 28th uh, when Krishnov uh, Khrushchev uh, announces the removal of the nuclear missiles that they actually brought to uh, to, to Cuba, and uh, on de December 10th we have the release of David Lean's epic Lawrence of Arabia. Nice, beautiful movie, by the way. I love that movie. Never saw it. Uh, now, when it comes to births, uh, January 17th we have Canadian Jim Carrey, nice. born 1962. All righty then. Uh, Bon songstress uh, Cheryl Crow, born on February 11th. Uh, and this one kind of amused me because Matthew Broderick and Tom Cruise and Wesley Snipes and Denny Moore are all born in the same year. Hmm. It means they're all about the same age. Yeah. Right? So Great actor, that Wesley Snipes. <laughs> honestly, He's all right. Yeah, but for He's fine. Uh, yeah, I, I like him. Uh, also, uh, Arnold Voslo, um, the mummy, uh, dummy mummy, is also born on that year. The dummy so, mummy. The mummy. I'm sorry, the mummy. Uh, and Michelle Yao from Tomorrow Never Dies nice. is born on that date. Oh, that is a truly, truly talented woman. Right? No, no, I wouldn't either. Like as much as I like it, if you're a nail fight, don't start. Don't 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 start with this one. It's if, it's fun to see if if you're if you actually haven't seen these movies. First, why are you listening to this podcast? Uh, secondly, if you haven't seen these movies, but you are introduced, in, interested, pardon me, in, in witnessing the real evolution of the franchise, then yeah, by all means, start with this one. It's a damn fine film, very entertaining, but rough around the edges, and you'll see where the series will take you. But if you know a bit about James Bond, if you've seen a couple of the modern ones, and you want to backtrack and see some of the older ones... This one could be a little slow, a little boring. If you know what you're in for and you're... Like, historically, it's so important that... I mean, it, I, I'm, I'm not going to say it's all more because there's more... Like, there are better films from the same era, but it's it's still a landmark. It's still... Mm. A, uh, for film and for that franchise, it's important. One. Absolutely. So, I mean, it still made more than enough money for them to be encouraged to make uh, a sequel. 
I don't think it made that much money in the United States. I think it was more in Europe. It, it, yeah, I think it's more in Europe. They built up. I mean, each movie cost more than the previous ones yeah. until uh, Diamonds Are Forever. Isn't it crazy to think, although mind you, 1962 wasn't last week either, but isn't it crazy to think that a blockbuster cost a million dollars? Um, you know, like how much does, does Avengers Infinity War cost? Like 200 something? Uh, adjusted for inflation, that movie would have cost uh, $8 million to make today. And there's no way they're making that for $8 million bucks. You cannot make that movie for $8 million. No. Well, Stuff blowing up and traveling they, halfway they across the world. And they wouldn't make that movie the same way because. Uh, uh, you need more explosion. You need. A, they would actually put the the the, the octopus in today if they were making. The and movie. it'd be CGI. It'd be CGI. It's, so wouldn't be the same. Wouldn't, it wouldn't be, the be the same. same. God bless this movie for having been made first in nineteen sixty. No, but seriously. Yeah. I think you and I, and we've alluded to it a few times already throughout this episode. I think we kind of appreciate the fact that it's a bit rough around the edges. It gives it that little that that distinct flavor. I, there's know. movies I like because they are flawed that's why i pref like i haven't rewatched it in years because it's not easily uh, accessible but i love the original version of star wars because it is flawed it's like a space trucker movie yeah so yeah i think we both like this movie quite a bit yeah it's not my favorite i don't think it's your favorite but it's it's a good movie it's, it's entertaining it, it's up there like in in the connery canon it's a movie that you know you can turn on like watch it just it, it just it feels like vacation like i feel like i'm having a vacation it relaxes well, me what's that, that relaxed pace i think it's helps as well. and it's it's in jamaica and there's a very relaxed pace to it if, so. if it's late you're tired you can start watching you don't even need to finish the movie it's just going to take you on the ride when you go you're tired you go to bed and you can watch the rest or even start over if you want yeah, the next okay. day we both like the movie a lot as for the James Bond complex itself, we have a very, very, we have a major presence online. So we're so big online, guys. Uh, we're on Twitter at the Bond Complex. You can find our Facebook page to search for the James Bond Complex. We have a delightful little Instagram account. Search for us on there. There's the www, good old www.thejamesbondcomplex.com. Check us out uh, on anchor.com, which is our home base of operations. But please also feel free to subscribe to us via iTunes. And if you're not doing anything with your fingers, uh, click on the five stars. Write a little comment. We'd always appreciate it. Uh, we are, Matthew and I are both uh, present individually on Twitter. I'm at double O pop. That's the word double underscore OH underscore pop. Matthew? Matthew Claire. So just as James Bond is always want to return, so too will the James Bond complex with the graphic novel Eidolon. Merci beaucoup et à la prochaine. Au revoir. Underneath the mango tree, me honey and me come watch for the moon. Underneath the mango tree, me honey and me make boo-loo-loop soon. Underneath the moonlit sky, me honey and I come sit hand in hand. Underneath the moonlit sky, me honey and I come make fairy land. 
Mango, banana, and tangerine. Sugar, anaki, and cocoa bean. When we get married, we make the